Hello, I'm Kathy Davidson, and I'd like you to join me as I minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. That's where the miracles are. Let's open with prayer. My heavenly Father, open our eyes that we can see. Open our ears that we can hear. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto you. And Father, I ask for spirit of grace on this message, a spirit of grace, but we don't deserve what you do anyway. Father, let us only see Jesus. And I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. We were praying this last week for a young man who was in the hospital, and he was in pretty critical condition. And there were several of us, a bunch of us, that were praying for him. And while I was praying for this young man, I saw in the spirit, I saw the room where he was in, and I saw the love of God fill that room. Oh, I had never understood the love of God like I did that day. The love of God in that room. And I knew with the love of God there, there was no chance, no chance that he was going to get any worse, that God was going to heal that young man. You know why? The love of God the love of God. I want to show you some things about the gospel and the love of God today. And I hope this ministers to your heart. I hope you understand God just a little bit more. You know what? To understand God is worth it all. It's worth it all. I want us to go, let's go to Luke 15, verse 11. If you will listen to this parable. This is Jesus speaking the parable. This is our Messiah, Jesus, the only one who has ever seen the Father. He has seen him. And now he sits right next to him. But he is describing the Father to us. And I want you to hear. I want you to hear what the Father is like, your heavenly Father. He says in Luke 15, verse 11, and he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that follow to me. And he divided unto him his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, all the money's gone. He said there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him to, into his fields to feed swine. So the young man had no money, and he was hungry. He said, and he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. Talk about somebody that was down and out. Verse 17, and when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father's? Have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. Are you hungry? Are you in a situation that you can't get out of? Are you in a situation, a place where you don't want to be? Listen to how your heavenly father handled this man. He said, I will rise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. 
and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose. The man got up and he went to his father. Do you see the young man got up and headed back to his father? And when he headed back to his father, he says he arose and came to his father. Now look at the next part of this verse. Look at it because this describes your heavenly father. This describes the God in heaven. But when he was yet a great way off, a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion. And his father ran, ran to him and fell on his neck and kissed him. Do you see that? The young man who was deep in sin really messed up, started back to his father. And when the father saw him a long way off, he ran to him and fell on his neck and kissed him. And let's go on. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Have you been away from God? Are you running from God? Are you afraid that God won't receive you? Said right here, your heavenly father is like. You make the move to go back to the father and the father will run to you run to you. That is our heavenly father. And the young man said, and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For my son, was dead and is alive again. And he was lost and is found. And they began to be married. That is what your heavenly father is like. Are you away from God? Do you want to come back? You make the effort. You start walking and he will meet you. He will run to you. I want you to go with me. To 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. I want us to see what God is like. We are talking about the gospel, but I want you to see who, who is behind the gospel. 1 John 4, 7. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God. And look at this next phrase in verse 8 he said for God is love God is love I remember where I was standing and I was speaking in our women's meeting to a group of women that were dedicated that wanted God 
And when I was talking about this verse and I was talking about the love of God and the spirit of God came out of me and said, God not only loves, God not only loves us, God not only loves, he is love. He is love. He can't help but love you. He is love. For God so loved you. For God so loved the world. How many of us said, well, God loves that one, but God doesn't love me. It says, for God so loved the world, John 3, 16. Are you in the world? Unless you are not in the world, God loves you. He can't help but love you. He is love. He is love. Oh, I can hear some of you say, well, why does he let this stuff happen? He's not the one letting it happen, folks. The enemy is the one letting it happen. Satan came to steal, to kill, and destroy. Jesus came that we might have life. It's not God that's doing all this. It's not God that's causing people to suffer. That's the enemy. That's the devil. For God so loved the world. For God so loved you. He sent you a way out. He sent you a way out. He sent you a way out of all this. All right, let's go down. It says, verse 10, I want us to read this. It says, herein is love. Not that we loved God. Not that we loved God because we didn't. He said, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. He loved us. God is love, and God loved us first. He loved us first and sent his son to be the propitiation, the appeasement for our sins. Go with me to Romans 5. I want you to see that it was God that's behind the gospel. It was God that was behind the gospel, and it was the love of God that's behind the gospel, that sent Jesus. Romans 5, verse 6, it says, For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. You got that? He didn't die for the righteous man. He died for the ungodly. You know what? There isn't a righteous man among us. Thank you, Jesus. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We have all sinned. We're all in the same boat. And that's a wonderful thing. There is no person better than the other. Jesus was sent to die for all. He said, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. In verse 7, for scarcely for a righteous man would one die. Yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But look at verse 8. Oh, I hope you have a Bible. I hope you have the time to, and the place to look up Romans 5, 8. But God commendeth his love toward us, commended his love toward us. You know what commended means? Proves. God proved his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us. You know when God sent Jesus when you were at your worst, 
when you were at your very worst, when you had sin up to your ears, that's when God sent Jesus for you. That's when Jesus died for you. That's when Jesus took your sin. That's when God sent him. John 3, 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Oh, we know those verses. But look at the next verse. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. God is not the one that condemns. He said, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. It is not God condemning you. But the world through him, through Jesus, might be saved. Might be saved. And how were we saved? God loved us. And he sent Jesus for us. Who put Jesus on the cross? The Father did. The Father did. Who put all our sin on the body of Jesus? God did. Do you know it was God that put Jesus on the cross? Do you know that it was the Father, Jehovah, and heaven that put Jesus on the cross? Turn with me to Acts 2. And let's go down to 22. This is the Apostle Peter speaking, and this is after they were baptized in the Holy Ghost. And Peter tells you right here who put Jesus on the cross. It says, you men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourselves also know. Now look at this next verse 23. Him, Jesus, being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. You know what that means? That means the deliberate plan of God. It was God's plan to put Jesus on the cross. Did you know that? It was the plan of God to get Jesus on the cross. It was his plan. Why? Because he loved you out of love. It was out of love that God put Jesus on the cross. It was out of love that Jesus carried all your sins. The Father couldn't get to you any other way. The Father couldn't save you. He couldn't be your Father without those sins being dealt with. So it was the love of God that put your sins on the body of Jesus. That's the love of God. It was the love of God that put your sicknesses and your diseases on Jesus. It was the love of God that put your sicknesses and diseases on Jesus. The same God that took care of your sin is the same God that took care of your sicknesses and diseases if you will believe. If you will believe, trust in, commit to that. You don't believe that? Turn with me to Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53, verse 4, Isaiah 53, Surely he has borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. Yet we did esteem him stricken of God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes 
we are healed. And verse 6, all we like sheep have gone astray. And every one of us has turned to his own way. And the Lord, Jehovah, God, out of love for you, laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all. It was the love of God, the love of God toward you that put your sins on Jesus. And now go down to verse 10. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. It made God happy that Jesus was on the cross. It made God happy that Jesus was bruised. And the next phrase, the father has put him to grief, to sickness, to sickness. It pleased the father that he took your sickness. It pleased the father to put your sicknesses and your pains on Jesus. It made him happy to do so. Why? Out of love for you. Out of love for you. God did this with Jesus out of love for you. He not only put all sickness and disease on Jesus, he put all your poverty on Jesus. Why? Out of love for you. There was only one way to save you. Somebody was going to have to pay for that sin. Somebody was going to have to pay for our sin, what we had done against the Father. And out of love, the Father knew who could pay for it. And he sent Jesus. Like I have said before in Hebrews, Jesus said, Thou hast prepared me a body. Why? So I could carry their sin. So I could carry sickness and disease. So I could carry pain. So I could carry poverty. So I could carry everything that comes between us and the Father. Do you see God did it out of love? He put Jesus on the cross out of love for you. And Jesus paid everything for you that needed pay. He paid for every sin. He paid for every curse. He paid for everything you had done against man and God. And he did it willingly. And he did it out of love. And the Father sent him there out of love for you. It pleased the Father that Jesus went to the cross because he got you. He got you. You were paid for. When I saw in that hospital room the love of God filling that room, I understood even more the cross, why Jesus said repent and believe the gospel. Believe what he did for us. Believe what he did for us. Trust in what he did for us. Commit to what he did for us. Adhere to what he did for us for us on the tree. And when we do that, that love of God can work. 
You know, in the Song of Solomon, it says that love is as strong as death. But I want you to understand that with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, the love of God is stronger than death. The love of God is stronger than death. It was love that sent Jesus to the cross. It was love that he took all your sin. It was love that he took all the consequences of sin on his body also. It was love. And it was love that sent him to hell to pay for our sins and to pay for all the consequences. It was love that sent Jesus to hell. And the wonderful thing was when those sins were satisfied, when God was satisfied, the sacrifice of Jesus. Isaiah 53, it says in verse 11, and he shall see the travail of Jesus' soul and shall be satisfied. It was the love of God that was finally satisfied. And you know what happened when the love of God was finally satisfied? There was no more need for death. It had been paid for. Jesus came out of the grave. Jesus was raised from the dead by the Father. He came out of the grave. Why? All your sins were satisfied. All your sins were satisfied. That is a satisfied God that raised Jesus from the dead. And not only is he a satisfied God, he is a God that still loves. And he loves you. And when we believe that gospel, then we join with the Father. Our faith joins with his. And that power that raised Jesus from the dead works in us. It works in us. When I was sharing this on Sunday. And I was sharing about this and about what I saw in the spirit of the love of God filling that room. A woman listening. She wasn't even with us. She was listening online. A woman was healed from a stomach virus. She said it just completely disappeared when we were talking about the love of God. Why? It was the love of God that heals. It's the love of God that sent Jesus. All we are required to do is to believe. Believe what Jesus did for us on the cross. Trust in what Jesus did for us on the cross. Adhere to what Jesus did for you and I out of love on the cross. Commit to what Jesus did for you and I out of love on the cross. Do you want that? Do you want that power in your life? The first thing Jesus said was we had to be born again. Jesus said that. Your church didn't say it. Your organization didn't say it. Your society doesn't say it. Jesus said it. You must be born again. Do you want the spirit of Jesus in you? Do you want the spirit of the man that went to the cross for you in you? When you are born again, his spirit comes in you. And he becomes your shepherd. Pray this prayer with me. Jesus, come into my life. Come into my heart. Lead me. Teach me. Fix me. And I ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. That is a prayer he is waiting to hear. Let the love of God pour into your heart. 
let you see how much God loves and how that love sent Jesus. Amen. Let's finish with the perfect song that sums up today's message. If that isn't love ministered here by Paul Peters, listen to the verse of how Jesus deals with the thief on the cross. Thank you, Paul. The splendor of heaven, knowing his destiny was the lonely hill of Golgotha, there to lay down his life for.
hear from you. Email me at the letters kd at kdwol.com. That's kd, Kathy Davidson, at kdwol.com. And visit my website to listen to these messages again or to download them free of charge at kdwol.com. Until next time, God bless.